0: In this episode of The Ziegler Show, I've got one of my bi-monthly habits shows. And today I'm back with Chandler Bolt. Chandler is a young and extremely successful businessman who's built an empire around self-publishing, which was our topic in episode 869. So as we talked about his habits for success, we got into his unique living situation. He's kind of known for this as well. He's got a large house in Los Angeles and he created, in essence, his personal blue zone. That's a term made famous by Dan Butner in regards to having a community that fosters good health and success. So Chandler took inquiries. Uh, for roommates based on qualifications to live at the house. And he brought in other business owners in areas that supported each other. They have weekly mastermind meetings and together have massively increased their business and life success. It's just a really cool story. You'll hear it in this episode. Uh, and if you want to connect with Chandler more and check out your own book interest, uh, go to self com slash apply and you can inquire with his team about options. Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller. Every week I publish four podcast episodes over three different shows that have been downloaded over 50 million times now. So much of personal development and self-help addresses issues in our lives that are symptomatic and we don't make the change we want. So I dig into root issues of what will help us achieve the progress and results we desire in our work and our life and our health. This is The Ziegler Show. It's ranked number two in all-time career podcasts in Apple Podcasts. And here we focus on progress in your profession professional life, your work, vocation, and business. The Motive Podcast is my other podcast. It's focused directly at you, yourself, your motives, which are your reasons for all you do and the root of your behavior and personal ability. In episode 24, I take aim at the term of leadership as a motive, and I question whether it really is a motive for many and how we can better perceive, embrace, and benefit from this leadership culture that's so pervasive right now. Then in my true life podcast, we key in on your necessary physical and mental capacity for the purpose of allowing you to freely do what you really want to do and not be held back by your health. In episode 67, Dr. James and I tackle genetics. How much do they dictate your health and wellness? It's important to understand as it has much to do with how much influence and control you perceive you have. You can find all three shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit ziggler.com slash coach. Connect with Tom Ziggler about becoming a Ziggler coach. All right, Chandler. I, this, this. Uh, I'm curious here because, as I talked about in our first show together, uh, you're 27 years old. I, I have not had a lot of younger folks, single folks. So habits. I'll, I'll be curious to hear on the daily habits. And I know you are, a, you know, full time business guy. You've got a big business going. You've got personal interests. So hitting on that. You know, when you look at your the way I like to frame it these days is you've got that day where things are going to be pushed. Got a lot going on, probably a little bit on too much on your plate on this day. What are the primary habits that are not going to go by the wayside?
1: Oh man, there's two or three. Number one is my morning routine. Um, I'm a big fan of the miracle morning. Uh, the buddy of mine, how i one of the most su- su- successful self-published books of all time. Uh, and, and so my morning routine is a non-negotiable. It's, getting my body moving, getting my mind moving, uh, and feeding my spirit. I mean, whether it's meditation, reading all the things that are affirmations, all the things in my morning routine, that's number one. Number two is napping. So I take a nap every single day, 16 minute nap right after lunch. That helps me feel like I have two days in one. So that's second. And and then really this isn't, I don't know if this is a, uh, 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 well, I guess say yeah, this is a habit is solid sleep and a healthy diet. And so making sure I maintain really good sleep. And so I have a consistent go to bed and wake up time. Uh, and then also, uh, eating healthy. So I, you know, limiting gluten, dairy, uh, sweets and alcohol for me during the week and any week night, that's a, that's a no go. Um, so that just from a brain fog perspective, it helps me just be sharper
0: a 16 minute nap after lunch. Okay. I'm going to pull that one out because naps. If you think about grandpa taking his daily nap. I I do have a good friend of mine. He's a, a real devout athlete and he's a big on napping, but that's not one that I am used to hearing. Where'd that come from?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I forget where I learned about it or heard about it. It's probably Michael Hyatt, um, or I think he even gave me the permission almost. He wrote an article about how he does it. And if you look at it, some of the most successful people, I mean, Einstein took naps. I think it was Henry Ford and a, a bunch of, I'm forgetting all the people, presidents, maybe it was Eisenhower or someone. It's like, so all these people traditionally have, have taken naps, but I think this I call it nap shaming. Like society just tends to say, "Oh, if you're not
0: working,
1: you know, what do you do?" No, you're supposed to sleep four
0: hours a day, and that's it. Yeah.
1: Yes. People brag about how little they sleep. Yeah. And and I think it's socially unacceptable to take a nap, especially at your place of work. Um, And so, uh, but for me, it's an absolute game changer, and it's I I it's it's a must have. I I have so much energy um, because of that. It feels like I have two days in one. Uh, and it's and so I've slowly worked down the time. It started at maybe 22 minutes or so, and over the course of three, four years, I've trained my brain to go to sleep faster and uh, and and wake. And so I just kept trimming time down to now it's 16 minutes, and almost always wake up before the alarm.
0: So interesting. So tell me just about you mentioned. Okay, a daily or a solid sleep and healthy diet. I'm curious these days. I mean, we're talking about. I'm so grateful. We're talking about sleep more than ever, and I think it's the counter to that. you know I sleep four hours a day, that's it and and do all my work, and we're getting out of that, so I'm curious about literal length of time and what you do to bolster the quality of that time
1: yeah, so there's a really great great book called Sleep Smarter. Uh, And that really helped me. And so for me, it's seven and a half hours. And, you know, there's there's REM cycles and sleep cycles, which are very depending on the person. For most people, it's about cycles of an hour and a half. So it's actually better to get, in some cases, six hours of sleep than six hours and 45 minutes because you'll wake up in the middle of a REM cycle. So I'm big on that. Um, And so for me, it's seven and a half hours is my magic number. So that means being in bed by 10 uh, and hopefully asleep by uh, 10.30 or a little bit after, maybe 11, at, 11 is like on the later side for me, um, and then wake up at six. So that, that, and then there's a bunch of other things they talk about in the book, which is um, eat, eating healthy, limiting caffeine in the afternoon, blue blocker sunglasses, some, or blue blocker glasses sometimes in the evening to keep uh, blue light and screen light from keeping you up. There's temperature, which is really important, and for some people, like for a little while, I had the, a bed jet, which is especially uh, helpful for folks, you know, a bed jet, or there's also a, um, gosh, Tim Ferriss talks about it all the time. It's the different type of bed thing, but uh, it basically regulates the temperature to where, especially if you have a spouse and they're hot and you're cold, yeah. even just something as simple as that can make a big difference. Yeah. And so having really, really solid uh, temperature and then blacked out curtains, I sleep most nights with earplugs. Um, because I typically live in a bigger city and, um, or have in the past. And so that really helps. I always travel with melatonin and earplugs and a face mask. Yeah. And so I can sleep anywhere. And so, uh, if I'm traveling West to East and given a speaking gig the next morning, melatonin helps me reset my sleep cycle. <laughs> I'm going really nerdy on all this.
0: No, it's uh, great. And then
1: a face mask means no matter where I'm at, I have dark, I have darkness and earplugs
0: means no matter where I'm at, it's relatively quiet. Tell me about the physical side, exercise and whatnot. What are you doing there?
1: Yeah. So I am I feel like kind of weird on this and a little bit of an anomaly. I've been doing probably 65 push-ups and sit-ups every morning for years. Um, and so I actually don't work out a ton, um, but I do that. And that's been my consistent. And then probably for the last few months, and I'm probably going to continue this for a while. I do about 75 to a hundred pu- uh, pull-ups a day. Um, and so I have little pull-up rings that hang and i I just do it. I do it in the morning as part of my morning routine. I do it throughout the day and it helps stretch out my back. Yep. Um, and so that's really helpful and it just helps get my heart rate up. And so I do them in batches of 25 and I'll do that three
0: or four times a day. Batches of 25 pull-ups. Yeah. That's stout. That's, <laughs> so we have, I've got one. I don't know if I you see. my way oh, no, up. I, It's on the other side of my door. I've got a pull-up bar on the other side of my door uh, uh, here at my office. We have another one on another office one. And then my house, we have two pull-up bars. And so, you know, I talked to my kids about it and stuff. I mean, like 20 is, is like you're, you're like in the elite military, you know, because <laughs> I think the average, you know, American man can do two. Uh, literally, it's so. And, and what I get on the oh, wow. kids with anytime you watch any action adventure movie, at some point, the main character is going to be hanging there. And I go, There yep. you go, guys, grip yep. strength.
1: <laughs> I've, I've oh. always loved it. I mean, I love body weight exercises. Yeah. So I think that's because I can do it from anywhere. I don't have to go to a gym. Yeah. I love high intensity, 10, 15, 30 minutes max workouts. And so it's what can I do to do that? And so I think that's why I've kind of gravitated to pull ups, push ups sit ups, like anything where I can do it anywhere. So I can keep the habit. Mm-hmm. It's simple. You don't need equipment, all those things.
0: So here's, here's an interesting one that I found out about three weeks ago. I come in here to the office and we got a handful of folks in here. And uh, one of the guys out front, there's, there's a walker, like an old person's, you know, uh, aluminum walker with wheels on it. And it's sitting out there. What's what's happening with this? He says, Oh man, my brother got one. It's killer for doing dips. So now we, so I, I wheeled it out of here so it's not in my background. People wonder, do Kevin's on a walker? We got this walker that we just take with us or leave out there and go over, grab the, the edges, and you That's can do amazing. dips. Just That's like, such a great idea. It was, it was great. So there's my latest, uh, not, I'm going to call it a hack, but it kind of is because you don't have, I don't even, have, I've got a full gym at my house and I've thought about how can I have something welded together so I got a dip. Bar. Well, I'm, so now I keep going to Goodwill over here trying to find a walker. You guys got a walker <laughs> in yet? He got his for 15 bucks. So that's my next That's step. amazing. That's what my a great next. idea. Well, there you go. So you can go uh, steal one from an old person and then you can do dips. Uh, hey, tell me about the relationship side of your life. You're a single guy, 27. I know you are in a relationship uh, because I do enough of that stalking online to know uh, what's happening. And, uh, but tell me what you do to, you know, have the relationships that you want. And I'm going to caveat that with, we didn't get into this in the first show, but I know, you know, we know each other from uh, a men's prayer group. I know your, your faith, your spirituality is a big part of your life. So tell me about both of those together. Yeah. So
1: I think traditionally, especially when I dropped out of school to start self-publishing school, I mean, it was my relationships fell by the wayside. And and when you're in that, okay, I've got six months to make this work before I run out of cash. It can be easy to just, my default is just lock myself in my office and just go to work. And so I think I did that for a long time, realized, okay, my relationships are suffering. My mom would always call, and, and say, Hey, you know, how are things going? it in all that. Say, Oh, Hey, are you seeing anyone? I was like, Oh yeah, I am. Uh, her name's self-publishing school. I'm in a monogamous <laughs> relationship. Yeah. She gets jealous when I start to see other people. She didn't think that was too funny. Um, uh-huh. uh, but eventually I realized, okay, I'm gonna have to make a, this a priority and I'm going to, the way my brain works, I'm gonna have to create a system around this. And so yearly, what I do is I'll, I started doing two things. I'll put, Hey, who are the top 20, 25 people in my life in order of importance, and then also who are the top 10, 20 people in the city that I live in? Because I've moved around a bunch and I realized, oh man, I have all these amazing friendships, but then I don't have a a close group of uh, either faith-based community or just local friendships where I could just... On a Friday night, hey, let's do a game night or let's do beach games this weekend or whatever. And so I started doing that. That was really helpful for me because I get a ton of texts and emails and all this stuff. And so now I know, OK, if it's from any one of those people, I'm responding first uh, and then everyone else after that. Because for me, I would get overwhelmed and I just wouldn't respond to anyone. <laughs> and, and the running joke was just like, OK, good luck. You'll, You know, get a text back from Chandler maybe two, three days from now. Yeah. And so. Really doing that to where all right, I'm being intentional about who where I'm investing, which relationships I'm investing in. So that was really helpful for me. And then uh, from a, 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 a you know my girlfriend, it's we've been going through counseling once a week and kind of like premarital counseling, but not in the traditional sense. Um, I I don't know anyone else has done this, but I just got to thinking I was, I was at a leadership offsite with my company and one of the, everyone is married besides me. Uh, and, and they were all talking about uh, premarital counseling. And and one of them said, yeah, I really wish I would have done it earlier. And Because, I mean, you just learn so much about each other. And so I thought for a second, I was like, well, hold up. How come people wait to get engaged before they go through premarital counseling? Like you find out a bunch of stuff that you may have wished you would have known, but there's so much societal pressure. Like after you get engaged, you're not going to get unengaged or most people want. And so I said, well, what if I just do that? Before even getting engaged. And so that's what I'm doing now. And uh, me and my girlfriend are going to premarital counseling, but it's more, hey, we want to accelerate the yes or accelerate the no. Well, one or the other. And we want to get, learn to be better in a relationship uh, and to be better in this relationship. And so that's been unbelievably helpful. We go once a week. I'm just learning frameworks. And, you know, that's probably been the best uh, personal development. I've, I've gone through in years is being in a committed relationship. And, and then lastly, sorry, this is a long answer, but to answer your point on the, the faith side of things is I'm about to move within the next couple of months. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. And especially in a post COVID world is getting plugged back in um, where I feel like I've, 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 I've gone through ups and downs of having really good faith-based community and then really good local faith-based community. I'm really excited to plant roots somewhere long-term Uh, plug in with a faith-based community and, uh, and, and really just, you know, find buy a house, find a place where I'm going to raise. And
0: I saw that. I forgot about that. I saw that somewhere. Maybe you mentioned it in the the group text thing of you're in San Diego and you're looking towards Texas, aren't you?
1: Yes. I'm in uh, Los Angeles and looking at uh, either Austin, Texas or Nashville. Is probably one of the two. And so I'm kind of between the two. And the goal is to make a decision this month. I've been scouting both of them, and it's, it's a really tough decision.
0: <laughs> so I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, I know. I know both areas. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this habits episode with Chandler Bolt. And next, I ask. What I always enjoy asking, what are his personal joys and interests? And from a 27-year-old guy in L.A. by the beach, you may not be surprised to hear things such as snowboarding, live music, tennis, business, and beach games. So uh, here are some great resources. Then we'll jump right back in with Chandler. So tell me about the personal side, the fun, the play, call it self-care, whatever it is, uh, hobbies. I don't, I don't know what, what does, uh, what does Chandler, what will we find you off doing? That's just a joy for you.
1: Yeah. I love, love snowboarding Hmm. and, and, and I go on a heli lots of snowboarding in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right. (laughs) You got to get out of here to go snowboarding. I love that. I love live music. Obviously my brother being in need to breathe and growing up at you know, at concerts, I love live music. Uh, and so snowboarding music and tennis, I love playing tennis. I don't, I don't get to play enough of it. I've, I played competitively for a while and, um, got pretty good. And, um, so I, I love doing that whenever I can, but really my, my two loves, I'd say are music and business. And so the cross section, anything that has, I'm a sucker for a really good music documentary. <laughs> uh, I love that. Cause it, it's like, I see, my brother in these things. Right. And I see me in these things for a bit. And so it's just like, I love that kind of stuff, but yeah. And then obviously living in LA now, it's I've, I used to be a lake guy. Now I'm, I love the beach. And so beach games, I mean, I 10 feet behind this computer right now is the beach. Um, and, and, I I love, uh, you know, weekend beach games, game nights, kind of all that stuff. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun.
0: Last one here on on career, looking at career habits. I'm actually going to change this one a lot. You can answer however you want to in regards to yours. But being the age that you are, I assume you end up communicating with a lot of people in your age range and looking at the career landscape. You obviously are a huge advocate of self-employment. You are uh, an advocate of doing the thing. I mean, that's what you do within self-publishing school is helping people find, you know, what is that thing that you care about? What is that message that you have? And I would assume those both kind of come together and give you a specific and unique perspective on, yeah, on the younger generation right now and how they are looking at careers. Yeah. Where do you find yourself, land?ing
1: I'm a big fan of, of investing in yourself, betting on yourself and learning by doing um, that's how I learn at least. And so I'm a big fan of apprenticeships. I'm a big fan of trade schools. I think so many people are. I mean, they, they they're like, Oh, I'm going to go pay $300,000 to get a psychology degree. And then you're in debt for the rest of your life. And the degree has nothing to do with what you end up doing. But I think as a society, we've, it's like trade schools. You can, there's a lot of six figure plumbers and there's a lot of six figure, any trade and you can go to school for one year and then go into business on that. So I, obviously a college dropout. Um, and I, but I, I, I talk about the college dropouts approach to learning. It's something I'm super passionate about, which is continuing to learn as if you're in school, even if you're not. Uh, so even if you didn't go, or even if you're not anymore, like when I dropped out, I, asked my mom to take some of the budget they had for me in college and say, Hey, will you pay for conferences or online courses or books and things like that? And so I'm a big fan of that. Now the flip side of it. So I'm a bet on yourself um, and try new experiences and learn uh, like apprenticeship style. And so find someone or a company that embodies who you want to become. And then Sweep the floors, do whatever you can to be there, to get there. And I think you will learn so much. And then either you're growing your career or you're growing as an entrepreneur. And so I think on the flip side, there's so much societal pressure to become an entrepreneur. And I think it's actually unhealthy in a lot of ways where it's like, okay, if you want to do that, cool, do it. But don't feel shamed if you're not. <laughs> it's Gary Vee talks about this as like, uh, you know, the world needs more number twos. And I completely agree where there's the, someone who is is a like is not, not going to let their ego get in the way of saying, Hey, I don't need to do my own thing. I'm going to find, I'm going to partner with someone or work under someone at a very high level to further a mission that I believe in. Yeah. And whether that's on my own or with someone else, uh, I'm not going to let society kind of uh, almost like pressure me into being an entrepreneur, even if I don't want to be one. Cause I think a lot of people feel guilty if they don't do it because everyone around them is like, Hey, you should do your own thing. And, and so I think both parts can be good and it does, So don't, let's not, throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say it's got to be one or the other.
0: I love hearing that from you, who is such a passionate and advocate uh, entrepreneur. And I'll hold my hand up with some regret for having... Promoted entrepreneur, entrepreneurship so much that I think, I don't know. I know I have testimony. I shame some people. So I, uh, it took me a while to come to your, your your camp and perspective there as well, man. Thank you. Thanks for giving uh, this perspective. I'm eager to put it out to people because I generally have the, you know, the older married kids folks on here and their habits. I want people to hear this from somebody who's knocked it out of the park as you have at such uh, a young age, man. Thank you for giving us behind the, say, the scenes, uh, look at you and for giving us your time here on the show. Chandler, I appreciate it so much.
1: Kevin, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, this may be a show you want to share with other young people, whether that's you or your kids. It's just great insight. I wish I had had at Chandler's age. Again, if you're interested in connecting with him and investigating your own book writing interest, check out self-publishing school.com slash apply, and you can inquire with his team about your options. Coming up in episode 872, Tom Ziegler and I discuss an issue that honestly bothers me with coaching and consulting and being a leader, and it's humility, or or rather a lack of it. There's a propensity when you have an area of expertise you teach or lead from to then be the authority on everything, and it's just not possible, and I think more and more people don't trust it either, so how do you be a humble expert? That's the show